Best World Podcast by Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're covering episode five called Genre. Is that how it's right? Yep, that's it. A little bit of French in there. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, putting put put yeah. a little flavor on it. Yeah. Um, man, I gotta I gotta tell you, I, I I don't know how to feel after this episode. I really don't. I, I I'm just kind of. I'm all over the place. It was a great hour of television. Uh, I feel like it was well written, but I don't know where we went, so I don't want to say it was. Like, uh, there's lots of digests. I, I highly enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun. Weird at times. I mean, <laughs> right, let me ask you, was did anybody else? Did you? You know, I know, I know Caleb was having the drug interaction where he was going through his five different phases of genre. You know, like through movies like. Did anybody else feel like it was a distraction to the episode? Only during the first stage of noir. Where that's, I a, wasn't, that's what I thought, too. Same thing. But as soon as we got past that one where it was going black and white and then we realized what was happening, I was all in. Okay. Really, once once Marshawn Lynch and his, his chick showed up, it got better to me. I thought they really did add a lot to the episode as well. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, that's not something I thought I would be saying about this season of Westworld, but those two characters, I feel like kind of swung in and saved the whole genre thing from going off the rails. I got you. I got you. Yeah, because, like, I, I, I got the whole deal, but, like, seeing Caleb's character for the entire episode, like, constantly looking like, you know, I get, like, he's looking like he's drug tripping, you know, but the only the noir was the one that really kind of stuck out like it was doing something. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, well, the love did a little bit, but it's mostly just the music that they chose was the only thing that we got from genre past noir. Right. Yeah. yeah the, lo the love story was obviously important too. Right. Um, but you know, other than that, I mean, the episode was pretty cut and dry that this was purely Dolores and Caleb, you know, from point A of dealing with Liam to point Z of the end of Liam was the episode the reality of the entire episode. I mean, they didn't diverge into other characters very much other than getting Ciroc's backstory. Uh, that's a pretty big development and everything. Oh, I agree. Like, I mean, but you would say the, the, the focus was Dolores and Caleb and their mission and Ciroc's backstory is kind of infused in that because they went and got his background in the episode. Okay. Just my just my point. I, I would say this episode did a good job as far as splitting, like the minds, like of what side to be on. You know what I'm saying? No, because I, I really like, don't know whose side to be on. I, I feel like it just became a complete spaghetti western in which everyone was just kind of walking the middle gray line. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's good guys. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Is like, you know, even says in the episode, you have to pick a side, Bernard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, that's the t that's the difficult situation here. You know, Liam freaking out on the train and saying, "You can't do that. You don't understand. You know, you're pulling back the curtain on all these people, and they're all gonna lose their shit." You know, so it's like, I don't know. I, I in a way, you can you can start shifting away from Dolores's intentions at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, because I was on Dolores' side, but then as soon as you see the dude rip the phone from his girl just to see what her history is and everything, you're like, oh, 
This is about yeah. to get ugly really fast. Oh, I mean, you saw a fight in the street between a guy and a girl. You know, basically, he probably saw, like, oh, she obviously doesn't end up with me. So something Which happens. genre is this? Reality. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Why, why'd you have to hit it so hard with that one? Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Marshawn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you saw looting. You saw people, you know, acting fools on taxis. You, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. And like, like they said, the, the whole premise, you know, humanity's greatest enemy is humanity. And, uh, you know, it, it was a good visual. I, um, I guess I'm struggling with the episode to the fact of, like y'all said, is, is that who is the good guy? Who is the bad guy? You pick sides, but really, are you picking a side? I don't know who the antagonist or protagonist is right now. They've kept it, to me, it's flip-flops, or it's never been certain. I, I just don't, I'm not sure. I think it's like a spaghetti western. I don't think there's anyone we're supposed to be rooting for. I think no matter what, we're going to be left with a bitter taste in our mouth. It's kind of like what Game of Thrones was supposed to be painted as. There's not one true hero. There's not going to be a happy ending with this story. We are terrible creatures, and we see it happen even just with the real world going on right now. Okay. I, mean, I think that's what they're doing. I think they're just trying to mirror some of the real world situations right now where it's like there's no – there's the people that that play in the black and white, you know what I'm saying? That like, you know, it's this way or no way, but it's like all the people that ride the gray line are just stuck between two warring, you know, groups. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody that's out there just trying to do their best they can is stuck dealing with these two sides. One who knows says he knows what's best for you, and the other side says they know what's best for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, then you just have someone like the one percent of Liam screaming, like you see, you are the gutter rats that we think you are. You are the reason that we're held back. And I mean, it's to me, it's just kind of shaped out to like how the media's played out in the real world. I give it that. I give it that. Now, a couple things about this episode. You I mean like the episode is pretty straightforward, in my opinion. Is is that we, they have a goal? They're going through it. They unlock, um, you know, the system so they can expose it and send it out to everybody. Um, all that's in there for the gut and dry. The key things I want to talk about tonight, I think y'all would agree, is the, the kind of reveals that pop up throughout the episode that are kind of unique. Um, one of them being, I mean, to me, the only thing I've thought about this entire episode is is that we've got new flashbacks of Caleb this episode. And Liam says, you're the worst of all of them. Okay. And he freaked out when he looked at Caleb down in that tunnel when they're at the beginning of the episode, when you looked into his file and saw who he was. So I'd be curious to see if we actually get to see that or if that's what it was when he lifted off the mask of the dude, I guess he was about to torture later in the episode. You know, I have a, I have a strange theory um, because this episode also did a lot of things talking about how outliers were the problem. Outliers mm-hmm. were the issue and finding them and trying to change them or neutralize them was paramount to control the future. What I, I suddenly have a thought that Caleb is or was one of those outliers and that he was ran through that process of being changed and Liam saw what he used to be and what they've created him to be. Does that make sense? I'm willing to bet okay. a lot of the stuff that happened, you see in these flashes or some of them are the bad things that he did as an outlier. And some of them are what they did to him 
to make, neutralize him being an, out, uh, an outlier and then put him, like he's a test run of putting you back into society and forcing you to go through their protocols, you know, like his PTSD treatments, his, you know, his military grade thing in his mouth, all that kind of stuff is that the reality of it is, is that he's as dangerous to the system as Dolores or anybody else because he's an outlier. But he's been through it already. So to me, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. What do y'all think? I like it. Yeah, I can see, you know, just judging by what we saw in there and how, removing outliers from the system to, you know, and then converting them, basically, is what they were doing. Um, you could easily see that he used to be an outlier based on his childhood, which was traumatizing, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and, and was a wild card. And they pull him in. They could have even faked and implanted these memories of a military past that don't even exist. It's possible, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Just seeing what that chip is already able to do. You know, there was that, that I mean, it's hooked up right there. Sorry, but um, there was that one key scene where he had a set of goggles on in a hospital bed where he was strapped down. Like this his mom. Yeah, like he was shaking his head and all this stuff like that. Like he was in a medical facility or something, mm-hmm. and the goggles were on his head, like forcing him to see something that you know he couldn't control or take, you know, whatever. And I can totally see this is where they're playing his angle. That you're going to learn more about him as a big reveal. You know, like the mystery of this season is not what Dolores and Roho, you know, Sarah. It's really about what you're going to learn about Caleb and how that's going to be. Like they've always said through the entire season, the outlier is unpredictable, so you never know how it's going to go in the future. Well, Caleb will be an outlier. When he figures out what's going on, he's going to turn the tables on what everyone thought he should do, You know, especially the viewer. You know, For all we know, he's with Dolores this whole way, but when he figures something out or finds this information out, he becomes the bad guy to Dolores or vice versa. You know, so... I think Caleb is the is the link, the missing link here, and the variable, which they've been kind of spraying at us this entire season so far. I would agree with that, but I think you also have to be careful because I feel like Caleb's going to be an unreliable narrator, and we can't take all of his flashbacks with 100% honesty. we got to take it with a pretty big grain of salt, I feel like. I can agree with well, that. Well, it's because what we're – it's because what we're talking about. It's possible they implanted that in his mind, mm-hmm. and then and then you give him a, a PTSD therapist that's working him back into society and trying to keep him straight, you know. And what they say they do with outliers, they throw them into military uh, disaster third world countries, risk situations, yeah, and they let them get chewed up and spit out. So it's possible that he was an outlier. They threw him in the military to go get spit out in some terrible country, but he survived. Mm-hmm. And now he's just out, you know, roaming around, I guess. You know, I don't know. There's a few, there's different angles that could go with that, and I like it. That's the thing, too, is I really like the fact that he may have more depth. I mean, the thing that Liam says right before he dies is he says, you did it. You know, so I'm so like... So vague, such a beautiful yeah. line. It's just like... Did what? Who does he see me as? What did he see me as? Yeah, like, exactly. That could go so many different ways. And that's, that's really, big, though. No? Yeah, it's going to be big, though. 
And the thing is, he changed his brother at some point. He changed his brother and sent his brother back out in the world somewhere. Is his brother still alive? Or did he leave him in a room the whole time? I think he killed his brother. I think he killed his brother, too, in yeah. some capacity. You know, the ultimate goal was is that humanity, and if his brother was an outlier, then he had to make the hard choice. You know, and he's like he said at the end of the episode, I'm willing to make greatest sacrifices for what I believe in, you know. And so I'm, I think he's speaking from experience, not only, you know, what he thinks. Yeah. But I just love the way the actor is playing Sorak because he is playing with him with absolute confidence and power. And it's very hard to pull that off. Like even mm-hmm. at the very first meeting on the airstrip, which that's a cool follow away shot. But he's just like, or you can understand that in 30 minutes, the currency is going to fall out. Your family will be kidnapped <laughs> in six weeks. And the guy with the mustache will be president. Just watch yeah, that. so awesome. <laughs> uh, tell me which one of y'all weren't expecting the fact that that guy wasn't got up and shoot that dude with the mustache. Right oh, well, I, I thought we were going to oh. see it before he, the plane even took off. That's what I thought. I thought for sure we'd see him get executed. <laughs> you know, the part, the part, there was something about these scenes. I don't know if y'all noticed it, but they kept showing the president swatting a fly. Yes. Mind like you, season one. Mind you, the and, fly in season one. Yeah, and like I was like, there's a significance here. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, it's not bothering Sirot because maybe he, is he not actually there? You know, was he physically bodied there? Yes, I think, I he, mean, was, that was, I think he was physically there. That was okay. stated that he was like, uh, it's a pleasure, especially to see you in person. But we could have done this back at the palace. Mm-hmm. So we do know he was physically there. Okay, well, I just, uh, but the fly. But no, it's a great catch. Three times, the three times they showed him trying to swat the fly, and he finally does swat it at the end. And I was trying to figure out the significance of it. Was that show that he was perspirating and the fly was attracted to it? That he was sweating because of who he was meeting with? I mean, like, there's a lot going on there. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my mind up. Why? What was the symbolism of the of the fly? Well, the one thing we do know is flies never bothered the host. It would land on them, but it never bothered them. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure on that. I just, I think there's something more to it. So if there's a viewer out there who's got a hunch or theory or or, or or by god you know why you know you, you you go ahead and hit us with an email or hit us with social media <laughs> well if you know. know why of anything about this show right now go ahead and hit us with that email and uh, <laughs> i'd like to read that 100 percent confidence yes um, i'll do my best to rock impersonation and read your email and uh <laughs> there's, there's no doubt uh we do have to have a moment of silence for dolores number two three four i don't know which one martin's character um yeah you know, that was tough my boy Chip. Took out Sorak's right-hand chick, too. It sure did. Not how I saw it happening, either. Like, I was expecting a big gunfight. Like, that's what I felt like it was building up to the entire time. And then Sorak not even knowing that Connells was flipped or potentially that that was a Dolores. Yeah. So, well, I mean, like, no, Sorak still just... They no, still don't know. No one knows. Yeah. There's only... Only Bernard knows that Dolores is five copies. Mm-hmm. Four now. Only Bernard knows that. Well, no, she's got two more copies. Hale, yeah, uh, the Japanese guy, Dolores herself, and then Bernard, and then Connell's is gone. Okay, that's right. So, so there's only two more copies plus Dolores, Bernard, and then potentially a mysterious Dolores, or Bernard's the fifth one. 
do we think this is the final season of Westworld? Yes. Are we thinking that? Yeah. I mean, there's only three episodes left, right? That's correct. They got a lot to do. They got a lot to wrap in in three episodes. (laughs) And I mean, that's I mean that's that's they are taking their sweet time. Is all I'm saying. They are taking super sweet time with this. Well, yeah, we we've got to get to a climax, a fever pitch soon. I don't know if we'll get one. I really don't. Well, it'll be a it'll be a huge letdown because I mean every season's had that fever pitch unveil. You know, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. It it was nice to see that the previews that uh, you know Men in Black William evidently still has a big role moving forward. Um, but, I mean, we knew that he still had a big role because we were yeah. talking about those previews last week. Because the damn previews let that go. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, they, they showed some new stuff once again. It's just awesome to see. I mean, we got a, a, a drone RPG type of thing. Now, did the uh, take control of that, or was that thing heat seek, or just some kind of missile lock system? It, it didn't look like heat seeking. It looked it like not, she was controlling it, it from like the tablet. She was controlling it from the tablet or her earpiece or whatever. But yeah, the, she the, said just aim and shoot. Yeah, which a this was one of the coolest things I'd seen. Just seeing him get on top of it, you know, busting it out, then just mm-hmm. kind of dancing to the music a little bit. As it's swerving, she has no care for his life, and she's like ninety eight percent hard right now. I was like, uh, Caleb's not buckled in or anything. Dude can fly out of this. All right, <laughs> I will tell you that I love this this whole setup of pressuring Liam, having these amazing guns on hand, the whole chase, like having a cool car chase. But I was disappointed that we had two two thousand twenty Yukons, you know, painted black, were chasing you know, Dolores and them, because we had the one futuristic vehicle, you know, mm-hmm. like we've seen before, but then we had two, you know, GM products that are current <laughs> to our now, now as the basically cannon fodder, because you realize we didn't blow up the new fancy vehicle. We blew up the two 2020 Yukons, you know, they were murdered yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? They did, they did murder that badass motorcycle. That that did pain my heart. Did that motorcycle not feel like a character right before it blew itself up? <laughs> oh, yeah, he said, "Don't go too far." Yeah, CG, was like, CG motorcycle <laughs> blew up. Yes, but, but uh, that like a hit? that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but I don't know. Like to me, those two vehicles being there didn't make sense for what, and as also, much time and as effort as they put into all these cars and all these cool vehicles and all that stuff. When I mean, did they run out of budget? I mean, you know, like, uh, we need a couple more. For the, for the plane, that's where they ran out of the budget. You see that thing? It's just like the cars. <laughs> You're right. You're right. The very, the very last scene looks like just a regular old jet, you know? Yeah, but if you look at the jet that they get into in the very end of the episode, it just looks like a jet without a, a cockpit window. Yeah. It's very that, simple. They don't look Not so much. Ciroc, on the other hand, yeah. where we're looking out in the clouds because it's just like one of those vehicles on the ground. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I could fly I just, like that. Uh, you know, some of the stuff. I, but also, she had more than one of those missile lock grenades, right? It looked like she did. It looked like she had a case of them. Pretty yeah. Down. Like, why didn't Caleb hop out with more than, like, just reload that thing when they were in the firefight afterwards? 
I, look, that's the thing. And that's, matter of fact, that's my least favorite part of this was the love story moment where he's staring at Dolores and they're shooting at the car and there's four of them that get out and they're shooting automatic weapons at them standing broadside on this car and none of them take a scratch. She's like, shooting a mini. Uh, <laughs> least accurate weapon they could have had. At least yeah. 40, 40 yards is what it looks like. Is it a distance yeah, not, that? I'm I mean, sorry. Caleb, first off, I'm glad he was on drugs because otherwise it would have made no sense that he was standing still like that. Um, Zero. I agree. I mean, they should have been ducking for cover. I mean, I understand she's not going to duck for cover. I get that. But him standing there broadsided, yeah, no. And, and the funny thing is, is that they're shooting, and the car is not showing a lot of sparks like it's being hit by bullets. But, but you didn't see sparks earlier, but you saw it's plastic. It's like hitting plastic pieces. Right. And one guy drops. A few seconds later, another guy drops. A few seconds later, another. You know what I mean? Like it's. I don't oh, know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It just didn't align. Uh, it didn't align at yeah. all. Uh, where most of their gun violence and stuff in this show for, you know, three seasons now have been very. I feel pretty accurate and stuff like that. I feel like they dropped the ball a little bit on that sequence. And I know it wasn't even about the gunfight. It was about no, it was just the about genre the... that he was stuck in at the moment. But yeah, but when you've been so good on detail, that's not one you need to miss. You know what I mean? I, agree. I mean, shortly the editor, she walks up after they've unveiled all the everybody's, you know, future history, whatever. And these two assassins get out of a car to shoot him. She steps in front of Caleb and saves his life, takes about four or five rounds in the body. and No blood, no anything. Well, no, she had no, blood was come blood. up front. She did. Yeah. But she had okay, one see, I... exit wound. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, she's going to turn around and Caleb's going to have a gunshot. But he doesn't. He has nothing. That wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wasn't. See, that one didn't bother me near as much as the other one, though. And I get that, but I'm just saying, of all the bullets, one exited her on her kind of towards her side. Okay, he didn't get hit, whatever. Um, she zips her coat up and moves on. You know, I thought the special effects were great. So I'm just trying to understand, was the only reason we had the one exit wound just so Caleb could understand that she Got literally shot. did get shot all the way through? Yes. And that's the whole well, purpose. Think, uh, maybe. I mean, she that's turns around he, and she turns around and he sees the four entry wounds in, his, in front of her. And she zips her jacket up. So it's like, he knows. <laughs> he knows something's up. <laughs> She's leaking. He's aware. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's weird to see, you know, what was it, like episode one or two, where she gets shot in the abdomen and looks like she's going to die. Yeah, that, that was my right problem. Here, she steps in front of four bullets, and it's like, she doesn't even tickle. Yeah, so. Right. <laughs> so, like, was all of that just part of the flip, Caleb, in the beginning? Well, that's what it's starting to look like. It's starting to look like Dolores may have intentionally flipped Caleb now. Like, who's the person that called him to be the delivery guy? You know what I'm saying? Was it actually her? I'm leaning a little bit towards yes. And she recalls Ash. Because, I mean, there's a reason she called them again. That's what I'm saying. So, like... If they're if she's using Caleb, just like Liam was telling him, like she used me, mm-hmm. why aren't you asking questions or whether or not she's using you? Blah blah blah. This could easily come at the end where Caleb is the one that turns on Dolores because she's doing the same thing to him that the system was doing to him. You know, no, you didn't have a choice. Plausible. Very very plausible. Um, I mean, play play on his good nature. The only thing and I think the fact of is. That he's, 
rock bottom. Yeah. Only thing I can think of is in episode one, she took a bullet and the other one looked at her and says, you know, where you're hit, you're critical. You know what I'm saying? And then but she's a host. She doesn't feel that stuff anymore. It's not even feels it. It's just like all she needs is her pearl. Nothing else is really critical. I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. They play pretty fast and loose with all that stuff. Yeah. With certain do. characters. So well, it's like. Nope. But you got a good point, Cash. What we saw tonight versus what happened in episode one leads you to believe there's more to the meat to the eye here and that it could be an act. And I, and I feel good about what you're saying there. I think you're on point. And what does Caleb think? When Caleb picked her up, she's bleeding out a single bullet hole and you think she's going to die. He just watched her take four shots in the same area she had that same bullet hole. Like it was nothing. Now he can see, like, were you lying that whole time? You know what I'm saying? You can see it from Caleb's perception now. Okay. I don't think he's only thinking about the fact that she was able to take four bullets without flinching. He's also like, why the hell were you acting the way you were the first time I saw you? Right. And, well, but, I mean, none of that might matter also, at this point. You could also look at it, too, is that he was tripping on drugs, and maybe he's thinking that he doesn't know what he saw. Yeah. But then he know. talks to her as they're delivering Caleb underneath the bridge, and she goes, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I, and I agree yeah. with that, but maybe he has doubt because he was tripping. I, you know, there's hey, a no. Like, I mean, there's a good chance. If I was tripping off of something called genre and went through five movies – then, yeah, I'd probably be wondering if that was part of it as well. I, I do I do love the, you know, when she sends out all the files and they sit off the train and they do a, you know, awesome classical, you know, version of Major Tom, no, no. Um, which is just phenomenal at that moment. You know what I mean? The music choice is all the way around. I thought it was all pretty good. It got loud. Once again, yes. even my wife told me that's really loud. At but one point, it, it, it didn't dominate the audio though. Like a lot of times, I, when the music got loud. Majority of the time, it was just music playing. Yeah, I will say the only time it was overbearing was Iggy Pop, which I feel like is the only way Iggy Pop is played. So it was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> they were they were never quietly playing the music though. No. You know when it was when it was its time, it was blaring and then it would cut out. You know, but um, I thought the soundtrack was pretty badass this episode. Yeah, I think they've done a fantastic job with it. Um, All right. Did Liam get too much screen time? No, I think he ended him well. (laughs) I liked his ending. Yeah, I liked his ending. I I mean, I'm fine with him being dead. It was just like we were just trying to keep him alive to keep him alive so we could get enough time with the information and yeah. I guess that was my problem with him. He was just a conduit in the end, yeah. you know what I mean, to give info on the stuff, but remember that was kind of his character too remember his dad was the only person with power, he didn't even have any power, he just oh. had money like, I mean, I get it, it was just like, the fact that we had to keep him alive for so long, just, even though we all knew he was dead at the beginning of the episode I guess yeah. is the only written problem I have with it yeah, if that makes any sense. I get you. I didn't mind it too much, but you know, I, I, one of the big moments that we're not talking about yet is, uh, you know, when Martin's character first <laughs> gets into a fight with uh, Stubbs. So we found out Stubbs is alive. Yep. Um, and they fight, and you know, Bernard stops him and takes his clicker back. But 
Martin tells them, you better get out before this gets bad. Make sure to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. You know, they're blatantly telling Bernard to his face at this point, like, you're the key. Everything depends on you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm telling you, it goes back to my theory, is Bernard is the information. He is the pearl that has all the data. Hiding in plain sight, like you said last time we spoke. Yeah. Because I, just, I hope you're right. I think that's going to be pretty cool. I still like have my said, doubts. Like he said, he goes, he goes, I'm a part of this, but I don't really know why or how. You know what I mean? Like he's questioning <laughs> because he's in the dark right now. Bernard's character became benign this episode, minus that one statement, keep him safe. And so what on earth could Bernard have or possibly do to be such a big linchpin for this entire situation? Well, if you remember, right when we walked back into Liam's office, whatever that building is, he clicked him back onto Bernard and said, I expect you to be on your best behavior. So that means he was talking to him that entire time as the other personality. Right. Well, when he's walking him around mm -hmm. and just, like, taking him places, he's in his zombie mode. The one that is a complete killer that could be yes. the other information or the side he's scared that Dolores is tampering with. Yes. And since that he was in that mode the entire time, we might get a flashback to that and see what he was, what Dolores was trying to program him with, what information she was taking out or giving him to play along but, with your files. And if we talk about the key, right, all this information. Sorak wants that information to f- put into Rehoboam and yes. eliminate all, you know, outliers. Well, because no then he's getting everybody's true self. Yeah, he gets Sorak 100%. Sorak knows about everybody's societal self. Well, that, but remember he's just saying, like, the outliers create these data fall-offs, you know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like it, it ends and we, we get something that we hadn't planned. So it's like he wants that information really bad. Why does Dolores want the information? Is she planning on using Rehoboam as well? I think to make more hosts. I think she wants the information so she can just make other copies of these people and, and start taking them in the most powerful positions. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think that goes back to a season one plot of where we were talking about, yo, with these hosts and this information, we could be cloning presidents and putting people in the right spots. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think there's some truth to that. Um, and the easiest way to do that is is to take away, like she said, unopen the cages of all these people and make them you know, feel like they have free control. And basically, she's just replacing Rehoboam with her own version of reality moving forward. It's just I mean, not with her own version of reality. It's well, our version of reality. Can, she can control... If she puts her place or her kind in place in prominent positions. Okay, I see what you're saying now. You know what I'm saying? Instead of one thing predicting everything, she can control it by using the fingers of her own kind and creating her own kind in key positions like you talked about prior. Um, You know, and so I think it's just a, it's a, you know, like I said, they say there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. You know, she's just doing it her way and Rehoboam's another way, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm not positive on that. You know. But I mean, I just think it's leaning more towards that for why she wants the information because we already saw that she's got the 
material to make more hosts. Oh yeah, they gave us the clue of what she had in that warehouse. With, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and going back to like you said, with us only having three episodes, to have another full episode without Maeve is it just feels too tricky. Like now we almost have to reintroduce her next episode. She is back next episode. That's what the previews tell us. Previews tell us that she's back next episode. Yeah, well, I mean, we knew she was back because we didn't take her pearl and stomp it into dust or anything. Yeah. But you always need her. It's weird because she's back. Why is she back in the World War scenario again? Like, who's putting her back into that? Is that just Ciroc that's constantly putting her back into that? For what? Maybe purpose? that's where he's keeping her just in case she does die out in the field. And that's just her reset. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm with Jake. I, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to even get back to that scenario. Yeah. But, I mean, we see Dolores back in Westworld. So. I agree. And see, my thing is, I think you still need Westworld. Like, that's where all these hosts are created. You know, she obviously had a thing in that room in Bernard's house where she mm-hmm. illegally made five hosts or whatever. But it's like, I would think Westworld's where you'd want to create a shitload of them. You know what I'm saying? Well, do you think, and I just had a random thought, do you think that maybe they create another Dolores and let they use it as a way of practicing to fight and determine, you know, to just defeat her, you know, as a way of, you know... Like you play a new video game, you go to a training session before you learn how to go into battle, right? All right, let's go make another Dolores. Oh, you're practicing in video games? You're one of those people? No, no you go out and die a hundred times like any other real gamer. I'm just saying, on, there's an opportunity for that. Do you think this is what they might be trying to do? Because, I mean, you saw the way she looked. I mean, she was naked, her hair wasn't done, and so on. Do you think that was a, that's a possibility? I, mean, I, don't I, don't know. I don't see it. I just saying it was just a random thought that popped in my mind. It wouldn't surprise me if the actual Dolores Dolores, the one that looks like Dolores, is kidnapped or is taken. Because we still know we have Charlotte out there and I don't know. Else. I feel like if the <laughs> host body Dolores gets kidnapped, that'd be pretty surprising. Because she just seems so far ahead of Sorak. I don't disagree, but it, it, maybe that's a once again it's another play. Yeah, it's a ruse. Is to let herself let herself get caught. I just you know? hate that play. I hate that trope. I don't understand it. But if they it do is. it, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, it could be a play on on Maeve though. If you give Maeve false false hope or whatever that she has caught her or captured or this or so on is a way for Maeve to have an exit out of the situation. Again, Maeve is another per- character. Like, I think Caleb is a is a, a variable on the humanity side of it. I think Maeve is the variable on the other side. And, yeah, well, I mean, the, we know there's going to be far more than one outlier. Right. But Sorak's trying to control at least one of the outliers in Maeve. Right. So there's a reason those characters are in this show. And so it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with that. And, you know, like and I, I think Jake's had a point. I think that her maybe allowing herself to be captured or whatever could very well be a way of how they're going to, 
you know, try to change things or redirect her, or they could even try to reprogram Dolores, you know, in their own way to not be an outlier, but, you know, turn for the other, you know, who knows? With this show, you could run the gambit. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> not enough information. Yeah, but I am struggling. Three episodes left, and this is the end of the entire series. I feel pretty confident in that, but... I feel pretty confident that this is the, the final season. Hmm. It's disappointing. I guess we'll see. Well, I don't know where you go from. I don't know where you go from here. But we didn't know where they were going to go after season one, so... Agreed. Agreed. I mean, but see, with season one, we were like, oh, we're going to get new parks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, that gave us a we, window to look through. Yeah. There was no doubt. So I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I can't think of anything that's else to talk about this episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is kind of the episode. I mean, if there's a viewer out there or a listener that knows something or saw something more in the episode, y'all please keep emailing us. Again, as always, I hope we really enjoy a lot of the emails we're getting. I think we answered almost all of them this time again. And uh, a couple of those chain emails, I mean, one, I think it was what they got, Carl. I mean, it was seven emails back and forth on just one topic. guy. Dude, you're, you're on point, dude, with all your stuff, and I, I hope you don't mind me name-dropping you a little bit, but uh, really appreciate that, and, and y'all keep hitting us up. That is BleedTV, uh, podcast at gmail.com and BleedTV podcast on, like I said, on Twitter and, and Facebook, um, and so we really appreciate it. And like I said, if you, if you enjoy the pod, guys, make sure y'all take a minute to give us a positive review on whatever uh, podcast catcher or listener you do, especially iTunes. It helps us a whole lot. Um but y'all got anything else? I think we kind of hit the episode of Nutshell there. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, guys, I want to call it a night. So this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you guys next week.